Just a quick warning that we're going to be discussing abortion, miscarriage, uh, Freudian theories, so everything from mother stuff to castration complexes and phallocentrism. Uh, we might ruin some childhood classic literature. We're going to talk about death, suicide, dysfunctional relationship dynamics, sadness, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about the sadness. So um, if you're not in the right headspace for that, uh, just just skip these next couple episodes. Hello, sweet listeners, and welcome to A Hopeless Endeavor, a Joanna Newsom podcast. I am Nikki, and uh, weirdly, I am doing the intro instead of uh, Sam greeting you all. Uh, I'm sure we recorded an intro for part two of Baby Birch, but I can't find it. <laughs> so it's just me right now. Um, yeah, I'm not even really sure what to say other than I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. We... I don't know whether to say we enjoyed recording it, but uh, it's important, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and let's just dive right in. And then she says, Do you remember staring up at the stars so far away in their bulletproof cars? We heard the rushing, slow intake of the dark, dark water and the engine breaks. So from the essay that I wrote mm. almost 10 years ago, <laughs> past me had said, um, the imagery that follows the rushing slow intake of the dark, dark water paints a picture of the ominous grief stick, grief stricken reaction of a confused young person who, while aware of the, thing growing inside her refuses to allow her unborn one to make the same mistakes um hmm. and then i comment on the next verse and we're not there yet um now i'm thinking about all of the um not pronouns there's another word i literally watched a lecture on this today <laughs> but the you here um, so this is the verse, the second half of this verse is italicized, but we haven't hit that yet. Wait, the um, second half. Oh, so to me, this is its own verse. So wait, where does this actually end? At mistakes. On, in the lyric book, anyway. Where does it end? Mistakes. Oh, okay. Wait, is it pluralized in the lyric booklet? It sure is. Oh my fucking God. We are covering crazy ground here. So let's just continue then because your essay and the lyric booklet treats this all as one verse, whereas fucking genius that is pretty much useless, especially for this song, um, treats it as two verses. So let's just keep going. So the thing with genius that annoys me is it gives me in-depth analysis when I don't care. And when I feel like I need it, it gives yes. me nothing. Yes, man. Like, I could have used that for this yes, song. Man. That's 100%. That's like really good way. It's an apt way of describing genius. It's that's exactly what it is. So whatever, fuck genius. Uh, going with the lyric booklet, which is obviously like the touchstone. Um, after okay, so we heard the rushing slow intake of the dark, dark water and engine breaks. 
And I said, how about them engine brakes? And if I should die before I wake, will you keep an eye on baby Birch? Because I'd hate to see her make the same mistakes. You know what I never really noticed? I'd hate to see her make the same mistakes. And also, baby Birch is capitalized. Here? Um, mm-hmm. In the, In the first line, is, is it? Uh... Will you keep an eye on baby birch? Oh, it is in the first line too. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think it's fair to think of that as a name. Me too. Yeah. Um, I think the her is so interesting. I don't have any notes about that because I don't think I really paid much attention to it. Um, I have a stupid theory about it that I don't think is like real. So if you have anything substantial to say, please do because I this is dumb go uh, i love stupid theories <laughs> i like i'm sure I, it's not stupid i'm sure it's great no it is it is for sure for this one like the, i i did notice the her there and mm-hmm. in my head it was just that she's like okay i'm so sorry before i say this i'm gonna just say one other sort of like half-baked theory that i have going into this song like some sort of like assumption that i don't fully endorse but is also kind of there for me a little bit is that there is maybe some indication in the way that the narrator's talking about Baby Birch in this song that maybe not necessarily at all, but maybe hints towards the fact that she is not ready to actually have a child and -hmm. to be a parent to that child throughout this song. And I think that maybe she's actually like dealing with her own shit, but sort of like, anthropomorphizing isn't the right word here, but like sort of projecting, I guess, a bunch of her, the shit she has to deal with onto baby Birch. Mm -hmm. And I think that that sort of projection that the, her refer, the narrator referring to baby Birch as a her here Mm -hmm. is like very much to me, at least reflective of the way that baby, that the narrator is, relating to baby birch and sort of treating her as like her friend slash like herself Mm -hmm. and like talking to herself when like that's not who it would be right like and that's the part that makes me think that like there might be some hint of the fact that maybe she's not ready to have a kid here in that she like needs it in a way that I don't necessarily feel comfortable with parents needing their children in that way um and the vibe that I get from that thing you just said is that, like, if this were to come to fruition, it would maybe be an attempt to, like, solve a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we obviously don't get to know if that's a problem that would have been solved with that, but likely not. Um, right. Especially... If, you we are assuming that um that this isn't something that our narrator wants either and i think that's really clear when we get to a little baby fussing all over my legs oh god Um, yeah um yeah i think that's a good point that like it's not clear because like they're like that that's why i kind of hesitated or like was trying to be careful in saying what i just said is that like i'm not a parent and so like i don't know Mm I'm sure there is a certain amount of like needing your unborn kid that you do have, 
But I think it's like the reliance upon that kid to fix your shit, yeah. which is like really problematic. And I think that a lot of people like in a like cliched way, but in, it's cliched because it happens like mm-hmm. uh, rely on kids to fix like their relationships, but also like this emptiness that they feel within themselves that like or themselves that is just not healthy to yeah. put on a kid. Right. And so. I get a tiny bit of that vibe here and like a tiny bit of the like vibe that the narrator is just really immersed in some stuff that she has to deal with, like some real stuff and some real like identity stuff and just like being able to get by in the world. That like makes I, me, it's sort as of we do with every song personally, that we, cover, we are not assuming really that these experiences necessarily mean, belong to their creator. No. Um, uh, and I think to, the, to your point too, that like, if we're thinking of, and I think I do think of this entire album as the unfolding or uh, like decimation of a relationship, um, that there's a lot of shit going on yeah, uh, and that the narrator may knowingly not be ready for, right. um, for birth is I think a pretty legitimate theory. Yeah. And and I don't know, it's just hard to, it's hard to not put meaning into everything that Joanna says, even just like for you, just like even for yourself, I mean, just because she's so precise with everything that like, I'm sure that her saying, saying her here isn't intentional. And you know, it's one word and it's one theory, but it's just the way that I sort of take it. Um, and that is sort of shaped by, or maybe shapes in turn, uh, the way that I see sort of the rest of the song play out. But like, we are open to different interpretations. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. And as you were talking about the her too, I had to go forward and double check. Like, uh, your eyes are green, your hair is gold, your hair is black, your eyes are blue. Because for a split second, I was like, is it her? Her eyes are green, her hair is gold, and it's not. Um, So I didn't just like blow up half of my (sighs) theory here. Um, (laughs) It's yours still, right? Yeah. Your eyes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. But sorry. Let's back up. What mm-hmm. about the stars, Sam? Uh, this one to me is just kind of a, a verse that is reminiscent of like an easier time. <laughs> Easy. Um, <laughs> of a simpler time. Like <sighs> the deep, bad, hard shit hasn't hit them yet. Our narrator and their partner and uh things were far away like yeah. uh the bulletproof cars to me is like nothing can hit us we are invincible um their relationship was maybe more solid um you know and all the things that come along with that trust and love and whatever um and then <laughs> they hear we hear the rushing slow intake of the dark, dark water. Like they hear it coming. And I know we've talked about Titanic before, so I'm not going to talk about it again, but it made me How? think of. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> we for sure went on a whole tangent. But I regardless. I totally Yeah, okay. It made me think of Titanic when the different sections of the ship are filling up slowly 
yeah. and the different regions yeah. of the ship can feel that differently. Um, and I think it's notable that we heard the rushing slow intake and that it's slow. Yeah. Um, so if this, it makes me think of drowning like this thing that's coming is both rushing and slow and confusing and then the engine breaks um yeah um it like the way i had interpreted was that the engine literally breaks them um that maybe or maybe not maybe they do or maybe they don't see like the full extent of what is coming but it's known that that shit's 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 about to happen. Uh, yes, I so I have like a million questions about what you just said. So, um, the first thing that I I feel like I'm most likely to forget unless I ask it now, um, in the lyric booklet, how do they spell break? B r a k e s. Yes. Or, okay. So I had this question too. Breaks like the brakes of a car, or like to B r e a k physically breaks. Yeah. Apart, um, in both instances, how about the engine breaks? It is B R E A K <gasps> to physically break something. It is in the lyric booklet. Yes, in both instances, it's B R E A K. It it is yes. Is it not? It oh, is on the Joy Newsome lyrics. Where did it's you get not the lyrics on from? Genius man. Fuck genius. Dear I, genius. You're right. In both instances on genius, it is B-R-A-K-E. And man, this has, this is for the last like five years, this has shaped my understanding of these lines, this fucking spelling on genius, because I remember, um, uh, forgive me, I, I'm not this dumb now, but I used to drive long distances all the time. And I remember reading genius annotations on like hour long drives while driving. Um, and I remember specifically being like engine brakes, like what are those? And then there is a there is such a thing as an engine brake and it differs mm -hmm. from like a regular car brake. And like for me, because it was spelt like that, I was like, hey, well, it can't be E-A-K. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I need like an hour now. <laughs> so it's just repeating the same thing. And the engine breaks. And I said, how about them engine breaks? Oh, well, I don't even know how to take this now. So, okay. Okay. So the note I had had was just that exact um, difference between the spelling break as in the forcible stopping of a thing and break as in something breaking apart or breaking into pieces. Um, and I still think regardless of the spelling, you could uh, hear it either yeah. way. Um, yeah. I think it's important I, as I a homophone. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Um, so the thing that <sighs> is fucking me up right now is that engine brakes, B-R-A-K-E-S, like the mm -hmm. brakes of a car, are – a thing that is different from regular brakes. Mm -hmm. And when I looked it up today, the definition that it gave me was um, 
instead of like, if you picture like your car brakes or your bike brakes or whatever, instead of this external force being like applied on the moving thing, so like the wheel and like slowing it down that way, engine brakes are instead an internal force being applied on the movement to make it stop. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool on before I knew the way it was spelled, but kind of still now maybe. Um, I don't think it's wrong. Right. This like internal force is the thing that's stopping the mechanism. Yeah. Um, and I think just like we we said at the very beginning, like I don't think that it's just one person in this relationship making a, a decision. Um, like I don't – I think there's, there's a push and a pull um, both ways, either way. Um, and I think this is representative of that too. But to your point earlier, too, that um, it maybe plays on that idea that, like, our narrator is just as unprepared for um, this situation as the partner is. And if it is an internal something um, pushing the brakes, um, that makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah. So, like, in <laughs> I also love what you said before, Sam, about... It's interesting that they hear the rushing slow intake. And I like the Titanic analogy too, even though like whatever, we shouldn't be talking about Titanic as much, but like we whatever like again. Yeah. whatever like slow flooding occurs, like I I can see that and the contradiction, the complete like oxymoronic quality of the rushing slow intake, but like mm-hmm. for some reason that combination of words next to each other just like is so fucking heartbreaking and sad like yeah it's both slow as in like so again this is like me imposing my interpretation on it but like imagine that this is about an abortion right like you both slowly and quickly come to the decision that that has to happen right Mm -hmm. it's this slow process and that like maybe it's maybe you've clung to Also, you know that phenomenon where like when you – when something's really important to you, like imagine that for like an hour of today I thought that I was going to have a baby. Like that hour would be a lot more significant and like slow in a way than the rest of time. Um, So like in this same sort of way maybe like I don't know – you make the decision that you have to have an abortion and all of a sudden it's like rushing but also like – you make an appointment. That's like you make a decision and you make an appointment and then you have to wait like often weeks. Yeah. Right. And so there's this horrible, torturous time between those two things. I don't even know. I'm too it's too sad. <laughs> um and I think it's notable too that this is dark yeah, water. Too. Um, because it could only be. Um and I don't think I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't think the dark water is like looming because of this abortion that's going to happen. I think it's like the dark water of the end of the relationship or the end of what they are or what they could have been. Like, I think, again, this isn't a regretful thing. This is like, it's just like shit is coming. Um, Yeah, I totally agree. Also, real quick side note, because I am just in this kind of mood, I guess, today. Like, 
total side note, and I don't think you were saying anything different, Sam, but mm -hmm. guys, what I think personally is that even if a woman regrets having an abortion, doesn't fucking say shit about whether she should have had it or not or should have been able to have it. So people can fucking regret their shit as much as they want to. And like still it was a fine decision for them to have made and they should have been allowed to make that decision and no one should have been allowed to make that decision for them. So regret is irrelevant to the question of whether abortion should be accessible to everybody freely and blah. Obviously. Okay. A thousand fucking percent. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that so, is the only way. It's like that. That's like almost this is like a big, not at all the main, but like a big reason of why this is all hard to talk about is because like if you say anything that like indicates that like maybe it's like a sad thing that the narrator is feeling or that like the dark, dark water like could maybe refer to like abortion or like the sadness of that. Like, mm -hmm. You don't want to be saying anything that's like anti-choice and it's just frustrating that that can get construed as an anti-choice thing to acknowledge yeah. the emotions that could occur. And if you're listening and you're ever it's doubting like, our I stance on any of this, too, <laughs> just rewind back to the beginning because we were very clear about that. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's right. I think the dark, dark water also – like I could just be in a cynical mood right now. Could mm -hmm. just be like the rest of life that has to happen. Like so – in the same sort of way that we got, like, slammed into the earth, this, like, slam back into reality at the beginning of the song when she starts, like, mm -hmm. this is the song for Baby Birch. We're no longer, like, inhabiting these, like, fanciful characters or, like, journeys or, like, horses or whatever. We're immersed in this, like, earthly realness. I feel like the same thing might be happening here where, like, all of a sudden we have to snap back into reality and, like, there's these dark dark looming waters um that are reminiscent of only skin right that are reminiscent yes, of this like threat totally. yeah um and there's no more just like staring up at the stars we have to face this like down at eye level realness <laughs> that's happening right um i also love I the repetition of dark dark yeah shit's heavy yeah it is I think it's important, too, that you brought up again how stark the beginning of this song is, because the last line of No Provenance is, lay me down safe and warm in your arms. Yeah. So we go from that to, this is a song for baby Birch. Yeah. And it, it's quite the change in tone, to say the least. Yeah. I can so picture... Having all of the thoughts and emotions and feelings in Baby Birch, having an abortion, being disenchanted with the relationship, having to deal with this like a really hard thing and then being like, just hold me, just make it go away. And like living in that reality for a bit before having to actually deal with like, mm, but this isn't working. And we're going to see that all of disc two is not, they're not, there's not like a clear breakup or something like that right disc two has yet to come and that's all after this song so i think that maybe if i'm not being too contradictory here like maybe is evidence that like like in this particular song we shouldn't think of them as like ended the relationship it's just that like shit's hard right now i don't know yeah you know what the fuck i'm saying but uh, all of that made me think of time as a symptom again. And to break your heart a little bit more, mm. stand brave life liver. I just looked at while you were talking and was like, fuck. Nikki has a little plaque on her desk that she's holding up to the camera. 
When cruel birth debases, we forget. When cruel death debases, we believe it erases all the rest that precedes. That's going to be a brutal one, too. <laughs> Man, that song, whatever. We'll get there. When we get there, I can't handle that song either at all. I cry literally every single time I listen to it. But yeah, um, good comparison, though. When cruel birth debases, we forget. When cruel death debases, I... We'll get there, whatever I would like to say about that. But, um, okay. So back to this fucking verse, the engine breaks. Oh yeah. So all this conversation started because we were talking about the, um, internal applying of the brakes. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment when I read this line, uh, like not this past reading through of the lyrics, but whenever the last time I did this was where I was like, oh, like maybe it is actually about miscarriage or so or like maybe it's like more ambiguous at least because if we're supposed to think that engine brakes are like and rather than external, internally the mechanism has stopped, um, then like maybe it's the case that uh, – you know, something happened within her body that just, like, rejected this fetus, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I also think that it's... that it fits with the abortion interpretation. Like, I made the decision. Mm -hmm. And, like, that is an internal force, right? Your will. Um, uh, what you decide to do is, in itself, an internal force. Mm -hmm. And I, I love here how she... This is at least the beginning of where she starts to me to describe her body's functionings in mm -hmm. this really mechanistic way. I'm not sure if that's a word. I might have just made it up. This mechanical way mm -hmm. where she is invoking first the image of a car. So far away mm -hmm. in their bulletproof car. And then talking about like putting the engine brakes on – um, it makes, to me, it makes it feel related. And again, take this with a grain of salt. Um, to me, this makes it feel related a little bit to the line later when she gets to the devastating, I thought it'd be harder to do. Mm -hmm. Um, where the reason that I made that connection, I think is just that like, she's like, look, it's just a machine. It's just a matter of like, knowing what buttons ABC. to push in my body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, it'll stop. And, and there is this weird way where like, if you get sick or in the case of a pregnancy, um, where it's just sort of like, oh, there's like this weird machine that has nothing to do with my decision making. There's this weird like organism that is just sustaining itself and like trying to reproduce in the way that like plants try to reproduce. Like, it's just like doing these like very mechanical seeming functions. Um, and I feel like there is a certain level of detachment that that is being expressed in this part of the song and later where it's both like I am so attached to what this could have been. But also like I don't there's also this like simultaneous like this isn't this is a machine and I'm just like stopping the machine. Yeah, I think that um, the detachment aspect aspect of that is a really good one um, because it is like a lack of control too, right? Like yeah. 
And it's almost as if I know we said this. I feel like we said this a lot in Only Skin that it was almost as if like the narrator was above watching. Um, at least in like the dreamy sequency parts of that song. Um, but it is like the mechanics of that, the detachment from uh, from the physical body really separates the narrator from um, really having any control over it. Like yeah. it, it's something that has happened. Um, and, you know, within yourself, there's really nothing physical you can do about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. That detachment, I think, is really important. And to build off that like I know we've already said like blah 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 like <laughs> you can regret it and that's a legit experience of abortion all experiences of abortion are legit um but I think it maybe even feeds into like something deeper that we haven't maybe said which Joanna is perhaps providing us with which is that like it's not just that like different people with uteruses have different experiences with having abortions but it's also that like within a person you can have yeah. these different experiences, yeah. right? So she can simultaneously be like super fucking upset at the loss of potential or whatever, the loss of this like image or path that she had um, pictured um, while simultaneously being like, this is just a, like a bunch of cells that I don't yeah. – it's not actually that important and it's not actually that devastating. Um it was actually like easy, at least in one respect, right? And it doesn't need to be a separate person who then thinks like, no, this was really hard. Like both things can exist within the same person. So I love what you just said because we kind of described the feelings earlier that you might have in the situation as a spectrum. And I think you're 100% correct that the spectrum can exist within uh, one person as yeah. well. Um, it's not just an external thing. No. Anything else about this verse? Oh, my God. I have so much else because we went into the next verse two now, right? Oh, like yeah. the mistakes. Okay. So I love the description of the stars as being so far away and bulletproof in that they, like, to me, bring up this sort of imagery of these people, like, staring up at the stars and that being, like, the ideal forms of like themselves or their relationship or their future or like even just dreams not mm -hmm. even like ideal selves like dreams of what could have been but they're so far away and they're bulletproof both in that they will not die and like those ideals and those dreams are gonna stay with me like hence later when she says like when I see stars like she talks mm -hmm. about it in the present as though when she sees stars, she, like, thinks of this thing, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, you can't kill those ideas and those dreams and those possibilities are always going to stay with you, um, at least for some people in some situations. Um, but then also, like, the contrast of these just brilliant, mesmerizing things that are so far away and that are such a, like nice thing to focus on instead of focusing on your very much not bulletproof selves and like the contrast yeah. of a star being impervious to bullets versus like the thing that she's about to catch in skin like mm -hmm. not being impervious like that contrast just between we are not we are not that us staring at the stars are not bulletproof in the way that those stars are 
breaks my heart. Yeah, and that like the physicality can't reach them. Yeah, exactly. Stars don't have bodies and we do. Exactly. Yeah. No, I and like that. It also, Sam, made me think of like your memory, which is just weird. It's a weird product of doing this podcast. But when your mama would say that you guys were just a twinkle in her eye before she mm. had you, it makes me think of like the stars being these like potential, like like representing potential and representing perhaps potential beings in and of themselves right and just being these like things that are so far away and bulletproof because they're these like twinkles in her eye I don't know yeah and because they also don't exist yet yeah. so no harm can come to them right or they might never exist right um but there's that distance there for sure yeah right okay I think that's all I have to say now this line here too if I should die before I wake oh, yeah. is also oh yeah is also a, a pretty brutal one. Oh um, my god and I don't even know how much I want to say about it necessarily because the way that I read it was like I think it could go one of two ways like if something goes tragically wrong while I'm sleeping, um, can I count on you to uh, handle this baby, uh, to handle whatever baby Birch ends up being or not being? But also, it's also like a pondering of another way to, to, to deal with this problem. Um and I really do think it's just a pondering, but it's one, uh, I don't know. What so do you think? The pondering being like killing oneself to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know why I even said that's all I had to say. Cause it's a lie. Like, <laughs> I, um, I have a lot of thoughts, I think on this line. So who Sam just before, like, who do you think here when she says, if I should die before I wake, will you keep an eye on baby Birch? Who's the you? I think it's a general you. I don't think it's the partner because I think by now, at least in my mind, we've established that the partner isn't isn't in it for the long run, that shit's gone bad, that the dark dark waters come. Um, I think just like, you know, we were talking about the stars as as having potential or whatever that it's just like a general pleading to the universe um i don't know what do you think i i don't fucking know what i think i have a hundred different theories about this um one other quick question before i even like answer any of the ones that you just asked me like what um Hmm. how would she make the same mistake what is the mistake that that baby birch might make and like how how would she make that well remember it's mistakes mistakes sorry jesus yeah yeah mistakes yeah. um i think very clearly i don't think that the mistake is um having uh, a fetus in your room and I also don't think that the mistake is choosing the path to yeah. or needing 
you know, we've talked about choices a thousand million times, but <laughs> going down the path to have an abortion, I don't think that those are the mistakes. Um, at least I think maybe the mistakes are more tied to like trust, um, like trusting your heart with someone or trusting your body with someone or something to that tone, like a greater, mm-hmm. uh, a greater mistake than something that is uh, very physical. But I don't know. To me, just because of like my very, very own personal understanding of the album, I want to mm-hmm. think, and like what I want to think, I want to think the mistakes in question are like, the dulling and the dumbing of oneself, you know, sure. in the service of yeah. the heart alone. That kind of like, yeah. I'm easy. Look, take me. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, this this second part of this verse confuses me. Did you say there was something in italics in this verse? Yeah. So the italics start after and I said uh, until and mistakes. Jesus. I don't understand. Okay, actually, I don't know. I don't understand the italics. But for anybody who's smarter than me, please let me know. Uh, email us or, you know, DM or whatever the fuck. Um, my very lay theory, because this is like a confusing section for me, is um, so once she says like, and I said, how about the, them engine brakes? And if I should die before I wake? I was wondering about one possibility where, like, maybe – because, like, did you ever say that – I think it's a Catholic poem – or not poem, (laughs) prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Prayer. I like that slip with the (laughs) – I do too. I do too. Let's reframe it as that. But, yeah, did you ever say Uh, that? Did you ever say that? Did I ever say what? Sorry. That prayer – forget what it's called hail mary maybe no it's the one that's like um uh now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord I my pray dear lord my soul, soul to keep. keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take amen so okay for me like i used to say this every night before going to bed and I remember distinctly one time i don't know how little i would have been but like little enough to have had this thought for the first time where I was like, what does it mean to say, like, I pray the Lord my soul to keep? And my mom was like, well, like, you're praying that, like, you'll wake up <laughs> with your soul. And, like, in whatever, like, f- six-year-old terms this would have been in. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what's the possibility Horrified. of waking up without your soul? She's like, like, oh, like, death. six-year-old you was <laughs> like, what is the percentage that I wake up soulless, mother? <laughs> No, I was just like, I don't understand what that means. Like, how could I not have my soul? And I so distinctly remember this being the first of like, oh, what a nice foreshadowing of like the many, many, many times every day for the rest of my entire life where I like have this like deep anxiety about death. Like, uh, I remember that being one of the first times where I was like, holy shit, there's a chance that I can go to sleep and not wake up. Like I might die in my sleep. And I just remember that just personally being very traumatizing but here I thought that like maybe 
it might signal to us, the reader, that she, the listener, that she is now talking to God. So like God, because it's a prayer, right? Um, and then like God, will you keep an eye on Baby Birch? Um, I just like the idea of it as the greater universe and like speaking to this greater, very real possibility of death in any any moment. Yeah. Um, that like that is something that can happen at any time. Yeah. And if it were to happen, to kind of ask the universe to care for uh, whatever becomes of them. Yeah. I so feel that on a personal level. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of maybe think that on a like have one on me level relating with our narr- narrator where she'll later, later say like blink once if God, twice if no God. We hear her like grappling a tiny little bit about like what mm-hmm. to think about life beyond life. And uh, like on one interpretation that I like and maybe I like it just because of like the way I can personally like sort of relate to it maybe is that I really enjoy this album when I view it through the lens of, or I view it as a narrator who like comes in and out of touch with reality, who like does not have a super firm control on like sanity and realness and sort of like is losing her mind a little bit sometimes right a little bit on the brink of being um like just really mentally unwell and so like I I got that feeling too with a lot of um or some at least of East but I get it more on have one on me and I I can't help but wonder if like if we're supposed to be sort of detaching ourselves and thinking like well it makes sense that our narrator, the more trauma they're experiencing in like whatever chronology we are imagining this album to be, that at the most traumatizing parts, it makes sense that she would have the least touch with reality, right? And so this, I, I like the idea of this portrayal of the narrator as being sort of like here, not even clear to herself exactly who she's talking to. Like I mm-hmm. kind of, and, and and with Have One On Me, the song, I, I very much got this sometimes where Lola was like, help me, I'm leaving. Like, you know, like you don't know who you're talking to. You're just a bit frantic and you're just a bit like, I don't even know. I need help from someone. And so I'm going to be addressing someone here. But like, I don't know who that is. And I'm not clear to myself exactly who's talking or who the we is or who the you is. I'm just going to, I'm just talking. I'm just expressing. And I think that even I find myself speaking to no one in instances like that. Yeah, too. me too. Um, and this is a stupid example, but like if I'm on my bike going down, Vancouver's full of fucking giant hills and I'm going down a super speedy hill and there's no stop <laughs> signs for blocks and blocks and like... I am not a very confident biker. I wear a helmet. I'm super careful, but I'm also not going to be the person who's slamming on my brakes for 16 blocks. So I just go. And then as I go, I'm saying, please, 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 please. Like, yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. I'll make it to the end of the hill. And I'm not speaking to God in any yeah. sense. I'm just 
speaking to whoever's <laughs> listening at that point. Yeah. You're just speaking. putting that out there. Yeah. You're just speaking. Yeah. Man, I do that a weird amount where I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, And it's yeah. not. The, the, but the, I think that what's like kind of beautiful about that type of experience is that like it's not about who you're talking to. It's about like mm-hmm. being clear for yourself about like what your emotions are and just like emoting, like doing that mm-hmm. act of being like, please, 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 please let this be okay. Like, yeah. Um, I know we've me, talked it, about it in like the terms of you name something and it exists, yeah. but I also think there's something to. And not necessarily manifesting at all, but putting intentions out there. I even do it if I'm headed into work and it's going to be an especially uh, difficult day ahead or something like there's a little mantra or a little verse that I'll say to myself to like um, get myself there at the very least. Um, And there's comfort in that 100%. Yeah, exactly there is comfort in that yeah like I think you're right the reality of it doesn't matter as much and it 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 also almost too speaks to the rawness of the song right like Mm -hmm. the moments where I'm saying to myself like if I were to be on the Vancouver street being like please 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 let this be okay if I found out that like I had like pocket dialed you know, my friend and they could hear mm-hmm. me being like, please, please, please. Oh God, please. Like praying or like whatever that is, like emoting that way. Like that would be like a really exposed feeling. Like I think I'd feel very like embarrassed or like at least like, oh shit. Like you caught me in a moment where like that was supposed to be private. Because you don't actually expect someone to yes. be listening. Yes, exactly. Which, which maybe speaks to the rawness of this song, right? Like, She's not addressing someone exactly, but it's like the kind of talking to yourself that you might do if you're comforting yourself. I don't know. If you're comforting yourself or you're trying to work towards some kind of solution, you're working something out in your brain. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That part is so interesting that you don't actually expect anyone to be listening. Yeah. At all. At all. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, and, like, this is me. This is, like, my experience on the, on, on this song and, like, very, very, very personally my experience on this song. Like, it could just be that, like, the narrator is religious and is praying. Like, I, I don't know yep. here. So, right, this is just, like, one interpretation. But it is one. Okay. <clears throat> um, Are we ready? <laughs> I think we're – oh, Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Okay, so I want to be done, but I'm not. So um, the one other thing I had in my notes, at least, was uh, – two. Sorry. Lied. Um, one other thing first is that uh, it's weird that she's saying here, um, if I should die before I wake. Because, like, what is she waking up from? Or what could she be waking up from, right? And so – for me, I was like just sort of spitballing like one fairly literal interpretation is that she is um, like literally waking up from maybe a procedure or something like that. Um, another interpretation is that this 
she's sort of in this dreamlike state of imagining talking to the fetus that's inside of her and envisioning their life and like what that would be with and that that's the whole dream and so like once mm-hmm. the abortion happens like that is no longer a dream that she can be immersed in and so like in the same way that Joanna makes me think about like identity in a way that I really love where um in only skin when she says like I can't with certainty say we survived mm-hmm. there's like this like really interesting thought there to me which is that like it could literally be the case that like you and I died, like who we were at that time in this relationship is dead. And I almost want to like put that onto this part of the song where like, if I should die before I wake as in like, if, if being disenchanted with this dream like state that I've been occupying for a while, if that's so devastating to me that like I literally become a different person, like literally, like I am not like whatever identity is, whatever makes up identity. Some people think it's like personality. Some people think it's like a like stream of thought where like stream of consciousness where like you have memories, but some people think it's like something more like if you have personality X, Y, and Z. And so like if your personality is fundamentally changed enough by some experience such that like it ch- it changes who you are um it could change who you are in this literal sense which is that like i am no longer the same person that i was before i had this procedure or before i had this experience or whatever it may be and so this is very likely just me being a philosopher and imposing this onto this verse but like that's how i take it is that like she's like if i should die before i w- if i should become a different person who like can get past this and move on and doesn't care as much about baby birch as I do now. Like, can you, can you do it? Yeah. That's beautiful. It's really cool. I like that. Oh, I'm glad that you do. It sounds crazy to hear myself saying it out loud, but I, I, I just like that, like sort of playing with identity that might be happening. And the idea that we can have several deaths within ourselves within a lifetime, you know? And I, think it's especially potent like you said in her music um because east was a fucking roller coaster ride yeah and like i kind of like the idea that we think about the loss or the deaths of some of those characters as being like um different paths in the same sense you know like we came out the other side of east uh, did we have bear with us like yeah. I know Colleen's not on that album but was Colleen there like yeah you know I don't know about monkey <laughs> was the dove with us like right. I don't know right and just the idea that like I really love the really to me uh like impossible to answer question of like what makes us who we are what's the important part of who mm-hmm. we are and so like There's like body, but that doesn't seem right, right? Like if I transplanted like your brain into somebody else's body, then like presumably I'd just be like, hey, Sam, now you're over here and I get to interact with you in the exact same way. Um, Mm -hmm. But then like also like, yeah, like whether it's memory, but like we forget a bunch of shit, whether it's like this like stream of consciousness, but that seems a bit weird. Personality, but like our personalities changed. Like what is it? Like what are we talking about when we say like I am who I like always was, you know? Um, 
whatever it is. I just like the idea of like the gravity of this situation is something that might possibly kill in in one respect, kill our narrator. And I also like the idea that it doesn't have to be something as heavy as that. Yeah. That, like it could be something small and insignificant. Yes. Um, that has the same kind of impact yes. on your identity moving forward. Um, and that's really cool. Okay. Side note, I'll probably cut this out. But um, so this guy, Parfit, that I'm talking about, Derek Parfit, he's like a famous philosopher. He has this fucking super cool view on identity. And he argues for this like a really cool conclusion where he's like, look, because we all change so fucking much, like every year, let's say, of our lives, like we can look back and be like, oh, yeah, shit. Like I was so different then. And, and like these are very quick transitions. Like a year is not a lot of time in an adult's life. Yeah. Um, he argues from that that like keeping people in prison for 25 years or some shit is like so completely morally reprehensible because like mm -hmm. who you are and like the transformative experience that it is to be in a prison is so fucking drastic and like who you are no matter what is going to be like just different than who you were before. So to keep punishing someone who's like a literally not the same person anymore uh, he yeah. argues it's like really unethical and I'm so into that. I love that so much. But like you just can't maybe they're the same person, but like also maybe they're not. And like to assume that they are seems like a really costly thing to do. Okay. Okay. Let's do this, Sam. We can do it. And she sings. When it was dark, I called and you came. When it was dark, I saw shapes. When I see stars, I feel in your hand and I see stars and I reel again. Now, this is the part of the song to me where we start to fucking bop. Yeah. Like I jokingly sent you gifts of like <laughs> headbanging, but this is how I feel. Yeah, like, I could see that. From here and especially when we get to the blacksmith, yeah. like this is like mosh pit worthy shit. Um, it is heavy. Yep. But it is incredible. Here's – so being really uninformed about, like, the music shit that's happening here, mm -hmm. here's what I – here's my, what my, like, very lay theory is, is that in this verse, the – when she starts saying, when it was dark, I called and you came. Mm -hmm. So in – in as we'll get to in my head, like, the when it was dark, here is referring to her feeling a bit – uh, ungranded, maybe like a bit starting to lose her mind a tiny bit about shit. Um, and the guitar starts to come in and I was trying to, on one of our breaks, listen to like when exactly the first time the guitar came in was, but I couldn't quite identify it because I think it's quiet in the background first and then like gets louder, the electric one at least, mm -hmm. bad instruments. But, um, uh, here it starts being like noticeable, right? Like and and there's some sort of picking up of like uh, whether it's like tempo or she's like playing all the like whatever beats on the beat or like whatever you call it in music terms <laughs> but um there's something that picks up and then she slows herself down it's almost like she like reels herself in right when she says okay like well mercy me i'll be goddamned i'm composed mm -hmm. again and then after as you said, there's a blacksmith. She loses it. Like, so there is this yeah. like vacillating between this like I'm grounded and I am calm and everything's fine to like 
fuck, like it gets dark and I call and you come and things are frantic. To me, like electric guitar, like starts to signify more and more distress and like un, n- not this like, cause like, I don't know, Sam, the rest of it to me feels a little lullaby-ish, like in a nice way. Mm-hmm. But like, there's this very like, like, so nice soothing Soothing, exactly with like i'm pretty sure major chords and just like very just like happy-ish sounding if you inserted different lyrics it would be just like rockabye baby or something like that but then in these blips of moments here you're getting these like like discombobulated a little chaotic a little fucking not okay parts and I think that like this maybe like you're saying this is the bopping part of it makes me think like yep exactly it's the bopping part of it and that to me makes it not the first glimpse into like she's not okay or the first musical glimpse into the she's not okay you know what it is what it's the rushing slow intake (laughs) and she really elongates her vowels in this verse too the when it was dark I called and you came like it's yeah she's really holding on to those notes as we go um yeah what do you think about this verse okay one of the first so first I like the first thing that I think is just the thing that I was trying to say before which is just that like the alluding to like it was dark um and her seeing stars feels Mm -hmm. different than it did before where like before it was dark and she was seeing stars but like it was a memory of her feeling grounded and like safe with her like thing in her room and like whatever here it feels more like when it was dark as in like my life was dark and like my outlook was dark and like I didn't know what the fuck to do um and this breaks my heart to say because I just I don't even know if this is a thing or not but like in my head I associate this first line when it was dark I called and you came with the line in Have One On Me where, like, um, uh, at night I called. And then he doesn't come. What's the fucking line? I just listened to it. God damn it. But, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm flipping. I called to you several times. Yes. And then, exactly. So she's like, stay where you are. And then she's like, I called you several times when the change took place and then arrived all night. And I died. And then then also, um, I think there's something later too when she starts getting more uh, frantic again where it's like the rat part. Uh, Hang on. It was dark out. I was half dead. I saw a star fall into the sky like a chunk of thrown coal as if God himself spat like a cornered rat. Yeah. Uh, So there's again this linking of the idea of like okay it was dark I was calling to you um not only did you not come but like also like I died (laughs) right and actually now that I read that line and then she says and all these songs when you and I are long gone will carry on mud in your eye and like these Mm -hmm. songs is maybe actually the first reference that she gets to like self-referencing that this is a song um sure 
But maybe that just like further connects Baby Birch maybe and have one on me where where this darkness I feel like may be significant and like the stars might be significant. And then also just the idea that like you can die within a life might be significant here. And I love, love, love that she's saying in Baby Birch that when it was dark, I called and you came. Like unlike Louis, you know, I was dark. I called and like you were there for me. Um. And the the person who was there, who are you assuming that is? Who are you theorizing that is? To me, the you here is the fetus. That's what I had assumed, yeah. too. And again, this all occurs on a spectrum, yeah. right? Like, we can feel a thousand different things about the situation as we move from verse to verse. Yeah. And in this verse, for me, this is a positive thing. When it was dark, I called and you came. Yeah. Like it was something, maybe not a positive thing. Maybe that's too extreme. But it was something that took my mind yeah. off of whatever the fuck else was happening and allowed me to see shapes yeah. and see stars. Um, and then reel again, which is just like, you know, turns it right back around. Yeah. But uh, maybe allowed for a little bit of good in the dark well yeah exactly sam and and whether this thing was trying to provide her with good or not is like a different question i think that like um in the way that like if she had called louis right and louis had come like louis would know like i'm coming to help you right where this thing just sort of like shows up uh not necessarily to help the narrator or not she's just here and that is the thing that the narrator takes like solace in, which again, like just sort of a little bit maybe feeds into the thing that I was trying to say before, which is that like the narrator needs this thing a little too much for it to be a good idea for her to be a parent to it, right? Like um, when it was dark, I called and you came, like you were here, you're my only joy. Mm-hmm. Um, What do you take the I saw shapes to mean? I think I tied it to the upcoming verse and that like it just allowed me to imagine maybe the physical shape of what could be. Right. Um, right, right, right. What do you take it Like out? sort of these like potential like potentials mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I, I like that actually. I think I like that more than my interpretation, which was just this very like sort of inquit like uh, – like you know when <laughs> – for me, so I used to be a, a gymnast, and for me, my, like, reference here is that, like, if I were to stay in a handstand for too long and then come back up and, like, close my eyes, like, you start to see, like, for me, like, triangles and rectangles and squares just sort of, like, floating around when you close your eyes. That's a fucking weird thing that happens, but uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're dizzy or I something, think- like – if you're dizzy and like stupid kid thing, but I remember getting it when I was like, if you push too hard yes. on your eyes, yes, exactly, and like I maybe this I'm all, <laughs> this is why I have such terrible <laughs> vision now. But like you know, even if your eyes are closed, you can see different shapes. But then also maybe just like I can see different shapes, different possibilities of the relationship yeah. because there's a small smidgen of hope here or something um yes i am 
so into and curious about here, the change of tense between when it was dark in the past, I called and you came, past, past, past. When it was dark, I saw shapes in the past. When I see stars in the present, I, in the present, feel your hand and I see stars and in the present, I reel again. Like that shit to me makes me want to throw up uh, with just emotion. I don't even know what. And in the lyrics here, I have, when I see stars, I feel in your hand. In your- and so that could go one of two ways for me. It could speak to maybe like the greater universe that our narrator was maybe speaking to earlier um, and maybe like uh being held being held in a way like um i don't know what i mean to say like i don't it doesn't have like a like a feeling of safety to me yeah. it's like uh there is something greater making the decisions yeah. for me and i'm just here at their in way. their hand but it could also be like at the hand of another physical person yes um when I see stars, I feel in your hand. Um, even as simple as like, I feel my hand in yours and it takes me back. Like I'm reeling yes. at the thought of being where we were. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like that. And I really like the ambiguity here because of the previous verse of who the your is. So like there is one theory that we had talked about where um, in the previous verse, she was saying like, um, um, and if I should die before I wake, will you keep an eye on baby Birch? Like maybe cause that's a mm-hmm. prayer. Maybe it could be, maybe perhaps maybe, 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 uh, to God ish, uh, something. Um, so, and like, we know before that like you referred to baby Birch, like, you know, I hated to close the door on, on you. Um, yeah. And so I love the ambiguity that when she currently sees stars, she feels in either like God's hand or like the universe's Mm -hmm. hand or like the potential of life's hand. Like it doesn't even need to be this like literal like fetus's hand or whatever. Like it's just this like dream that I had. Like I, I don't know, but whatever it is, I am in love with. The transition from like past to present. Uh, later in the song, I go real deep into a certain children's book. And in one of the scenes um, in the children's books, there's a fishing rod too. And I had a real fun time being like, ooh, and I reel again. Like um, either I pull you in or push you out in that sense. Um, I like that. So wait, what, um, when you hear here that she reels again, like what's the first thing that comes to mind? Reeling back, like as if, um, shocked by something or hit by something. Um, yeah, but like a physical manifestation of some kind of stress or Uh shock that like pushes you back in some way so i didn't actually look this up so like i very much could be wrong with this but in my head if you were to say like you're reeling again i'd be like oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like i do that all the time it's this action of like 
replaying in this like movie-like way, right? Like mm. replaying some train of thought. And so to me, it was like the train of thought that is like, what could have been with this pregnancy or like whatever, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Or like this like relationship that I had had in my mind um, and like the way that that could have gone or whatever it is. And like, to me, I always took this line as being like, from seeing the star, she's like triggered into like reeling in this like movie, like sort of like, uh, I don't know, inevitable way. Triggered is like the only and way. And being forced to replay yes. that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Next one. Oh, is it me? I think so. I okay. think I did the last one. The worst. Okay. Um. Well, mercy me. I'll be goddamned. It's been a long, long time since I last saw you. And I have never known the plan. It's been a long, long time. How are you? Ooh, ooh. Your eyes are green. Your hair is gold. Your hair is black. Your eyes are blue. I closed the ranks and I doubled back. But, you know, I hated to close the doggone door on you. She does say doggone door. But yeah. in this lyric book, there is no... Doggone. She just says, I hated to close the door on you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She says, doggone, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we sew two things um, right away, the repetition yeah. of, I hated to close the door on you, and also yeah. the repetition of long, long time. It's been a long, long time. Um, you mentioned tense in the last verse, I think. And we're back in the past now, or yeah, or we're in the future, and we're like yeah, recollecting, yeah. <laughs> recollecting on uh, yeah. on what's happened. Um, and who yeah. are we seeing here? Yes, man, that is the question for me. What's happening? I, I like to think of it as like our narrator has had some space from this entire thing. And maybe hasn't thought about it in a long time. And then, you know, thinking of the the verse we just did, um, um, maybe the darkness is here again. And it's been a long, long time since our narrator has thought of this entire thing, since our narrator has thought about baby Birch and is still still does not know the plan um yeah and i think we could think of the plan as like you know the day-to-day choices you make or like uh you know people make five ten fifteen fucking hundred year plans or like (laughs) the greater plan that god may or may not like i know you think a lot about this um in terms of like determinism, um, but like the plan that maybe uh, one might think God has for you, um, yeah. And it feels like even in saying that line, the plan line, I have never known the plan. It feels like this sort of like plea for reconciling or something, right? 
like if you were to say to someone, I've never known the plan, you're sort of trying to like exculpate yourself in a yeah. way, right? Um, which may be like indicative of some of some guilt or something or like feeling right of that where you're just like, look, I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. Like mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get by, right? Like just the same as any of us. And it's almost like I – obviously don't know the plan yes exactly like if you think that it's not my orchestration yeah yeah very much if you think you don't know what's going on like i also like (laughs) yeah main character in this in this story do not know what is going on exactly and it makes me like again like super speculation who the fuck knows what's going on to me personally it makes me think of like pleading for forgiveness from like who knows who it could be from the partner who's like treating her as though she's like the like uh, conductor of all of this mm-hmm. it could be from like society who's like oh well like you chose this and so like you must know what you're doing or it could be from her own imposition like who knows who knows I get that vibe too when you said you chose this that if it is society that it's like well but you made this choice and yeah. like you dare be sad about it like you dare yeah. be reflective on that yeah. and of course you are allowed to allowed to feel whatever the fuck you want um yes and i think it's- it also at least in my reading could be kind of a small speech to the unborn here like yeah maybe just kind of making peace with that that decision yeah just like we were whispering in into the unknown before too like um like listen i also don't know what's going on i still don't i've never known what the fucking plan is or was um and also there's an element of like i want to say being gentle with yourself like um yeah and like respecting the choices that you made in the past knowing that like you tried your best you did what you thought was best in that moment that's such a good point that i love that point sam that like this could be a i currently respect what future what what past me was about which i feel like is something that like we are like in society like especially women are so not taught to respect which is like I was making decisions based on like the best information that I could have then and like a lot of times those decisions are perfectly exactly the same ones I would make today sometimes Mm -hmm. they're not but that's okay because like I excuse myself for not having full life experience at the age of 20 whatever I love that idea of being just gentle with oneself and being like hey it's okay I don't know the plan. Like, and the asking here, how are you? Dude, um, I don't know what situation is occurring in which she's now reuniting with her mm-hmm. long, long time ago lost fetus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And like, it reminds no. me too of the, um, remember in the line in Have One on Me where yeah. she was like, um, well, I've seen lots, uh, but well, never I have in a never in a years would years. think to see you here. And that's almost what this is million, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's really interesting. Or she's like, oh, yeah. Or she's like, oh, 
Mercy me, I'll be goddamned. It's the same sort of like, oh, shucks. Yeah. I can't believe I've found you here. Like, where is here? What are you talking about? Who's you? Is it the fetus? (laughs) Is it the same reaction you had towards like Louis, I guess, who it was in Castlemaine? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. And I also wonder who we're asking, how are you? Is it like... The future narrator asking their past self, is it? And I feel wildly silly saying this, but is it like (laughs) the future narrator asking the possibility of what could have been if they're okay? Like if this choice that was made without a plan, if this thing that happened without a plan if <laughs> this non-existing thing is okay with that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I do not think that you're wildly crazy. I don't know, Sam, exactly what you said. But, like, she's asking someone here who – because, okay, backing up for a quick sec, the previous verse she ended with, I see in the present mm-hmm. uh, stars and I reel again. Mm-hmm. And so we are left with the image of her reeling, mm-hmm. which to me, again, invokes this like reel of camera, reel of film playing in this narrator's head. And so we're kind of like left on this like hook mm-hmm. where she's like, I'm dreaming um, or like shit's going on in my mind at least. And so here, maybe this like semi discussion of asking, how are you is like one of those dreams, right? And it's super interesting to me the way this conversation actually plays out. Like, whatever levity is brought to the situation by imagining her having this conversation with, you know, the ghost of potential or, like, whatever it is, um, whatever we're imagining, the thing is that she's having a conversation with. I don't know. I... I love, again, this, like, contrasting lightness with this, like, really dark, heavy subject matter. Yeah. I'm also curious about timeline stuff here. So I wanted to ask you, Sam, um, do you think that in, like, is your assumption that, um, you know, her saying it's been a long, long time lets us know that this is something that happened to her a long time ago that's my assumption yeah yeah that's my assumption because of it's been a long long time but I also wonder if it's that this thing happened and you know a coping mechanism one that exists is that you just block it out and so maybe our narrator hasn't literally has not thought about this for a long time and then maybe it's a dream sequence maybe it's just you know they see something the stars um, they see the stars as they're walking (laughs) at night again and they're like oh shit yeah like it's been a long time and then we move into this like personification of what could have been at least in my opinion here um yeah we go to your eyes are green, your hair is gold, Ugh. your hair is black, your eyes are blue. 
And I go back and forth with this one between it being like a very sweet, like, oh, you know, this is what the physical uh, manifestation of this thing could have actually been. Mm -hmm. And then I also think, and I think this was on Genius too, like, your hair is black, your eyes are blue. Black and blue is kind of like a bruised thing. Um, So it's like kind of waffling between... Um, like two different paths. Um, exactly. You know, the path that if this thing, if this baby birch had been born, maybe their eyes would have been green. Maybe their hair would have been gold. But the reality is that that's not the path that was taken. And it is more likely that they are black and blue um that's a pretty rough one that's a pretty rough one and it's getting into the rough territory where i think you're exactly right sandit like there's this compelling ambiguity here between on the one hand you picture sort of like an excited mother who's about to have her child you know, speculating and fantasizing about just like what her baby will be like. Um, So there's an ambiguity between that and um, knowing (laughs) that that's not the case, right? So like this like juxtaposition, I guess, is a better word than ambiguity. But this juxtaposing like, you know, that excited feeling with this like, sort of dejected and just straight up sad feeling of knowing that thing's fate. It's really, really hard at this point. And yes, um, you know, shit just gets harder from here for our narrator just, and for the yeah. listener. Like Yes. Yeah. She's and putting us with through her some too, shit. Right? Like it's not that's what and I love about her writing and her music her. so much is that it's not like a movie that's playing and you're watching it happen. It's like holy shit. Like we are in the water with her. Like it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And the water comparison that you just made is perfect given, you know, all the water symbolism that we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, I was also wondering uh, if you had any thoughts about uh, the term Mercy Me being used here and also being used to start Occident. Um. Uh, I think I got this from Genius, but one thing that I thought was kind of cool was that, um, like, the terms mercy me and the term uh, doggone from doggone door before, um, all those things are ways of, uh, like, sort of, like, lessening the blow of swear words. They're, like, euphemistic swear words or something like that. Um, And it is reminiscent of the way that you'd speak to a child, And I think that that contrast with the literal 
meaning of the term mercy me like asking for forgiveness because of sin or whatever um I think that's a cool sort of thing that's going on here and one that might reflect the sort of like levity and lightness um and and darkness that exists within this one narrator that we were talking about before do you have any thoughts on that sam when you mentioned sin the sin that i thought of was less um god says i can't do this this is a forbidden thing and i'll be punished for that and more of like a I can't believe that I haven't thought about you in so long. Or like, I almost forgot you. How dare I? Um, right. Like, by my yes. own lights, this yeah. is a sin. Yes. Yeah. Okay, friends, that does it for today's Baby Birch episode. Um, we will be back next week with part three of this heartbreaking, catastrophic, gorgeous masterpiece of a song. Uh, you guys should check out our Patreon. We have one <laughs> that I will link to in the show notes. Um, there you can find early releases somewhat inconsistently and uh, some bonus episodes that Sam and I have done. So you should check that out. If you want to email us any thoughts or feelings or theories, um, our email is a hopeless endeavor at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, a hopeless endeavor podcast, and we have a Facebook, a hopeless endeavor, a Joanna Newsome podcast. So that is everything. Thank you guys for listening. If you're still here with us and please come share your thoughts on Facebook or Instagram. I would love to know what you guys think about this song and about the stuff that Sam and I have discussed so far. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.